Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. You're listening to the best of Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. It is 18 minutes before the hour of 8 o'clock on kind of an overcast-looking morning, but a little bit warmer. That's the good news this morning. Good morning to you. My name is Jake Query. Kevin Bowen here as well. Mark Dykton. It's Kevin and Query on 93.5, 107.5. The Fan. A lot we've discussed already so far this morning, including the Pacers' Kentucky hats. We'll probably get into that later in the show. Uh, Purdue. And Indiana College basketball conversation, the Hoosiers and Rutgers tonight. But back to the Colts head coaching question. This is a really good question I thought from John that I wanted to read to you, Kevin. Thought you might have some good insight here. Because I think we look at this and we look at how drawn out this is for the Colts. And to the Colts' credit, this is exactly what – and I'll give Chris Ballard this credit – Chris Ballard is pretty transparent a lot of times of we can sit here and overanalyze things and it's like, guys, this is exactly what I told you was going to happen. And this is pretty much what he said was going to happen, right? That it was going to be a lengthy process that could go into mid-February. And here we are closing in on that. But John says, guys, how did normal NFL teams hire coaches? Does the GM drive the bus and the owner gives final approval? Seems like Ursay drives the bus and has final say. Two things. Why have Ballard and why would any coach want to come into what looks like a dysfunctional mess? Yeah, it's a very fair uh, question from John there. I think it really depends on teams. I think there are a lot of ownership groups that take a back seat. Um, and then, you know, they might, whatever. Okay, there's three finalists. I'll come in then and meet with the three finalists. Some owners, I think, a little bit more upfront and they want to be involved in the process from day one. You know, something that I feel like has delayed this search a bit, Jake, is Jim Irsay not wanting to be involved in that first round of interviews. So basically, when you get to round two, you're almost starting over because the interviews have to be lengthy in time because it's Jim Irsay's really first time to get to know a lot of these candidates. So I think a lot of it depends on how the owners and how involved they want to be. I mean, Mark certainly has seen it firsthand that the Bears ownership group did not want to be heavily involved prior. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of it just depends on what you have from an organizational standpoint. I, I do go back to an Ursay comment, again, the night that Jeff Saturday was hired as the interim, and he made it very clear, when you're looking for head coaches, leadership is the number one thing. That's number one. And now, he said that in early November, we've just seen a playoff cycle play out where the offensive coaches continue to dominate in the postseason, and you're in a championship game where you have a retread in Andy Reid, and you have a first-time head coach in Nick Sirianni, but the theme between both of them is they come from the offensive side of the ball. I know some people were curious about who would fall into that leadership category. Jake, there's a couple that I would throw in there. One would be Rich Bisaccia who is a longtime special teams coordinator. He's currently with the Packers. The thing that stands out most on his resume was with the Raiders two years ago when John Gruden resigned and they had all the just really off the awful off-the-field incidents. 
Sachi came in as interim, seven and five record, led them to the playoffs. And Gus Bradley was on that staff as defensive coordinator. A couple other Colts defensive coaches were on that staff. Rod Marinelli was on that staff. For those unfamiliar with him, that is a extremely close confidant to Chris Ballard, longtime NFL assistant. Uh, Basacci's resume is pretty much special teams coordinator and assistant head coach throughout his NFL career. So I think he would qualify as someone you would put there. And then you go back to the Wink Martindale conversation. Remember when we had Chuck Pagano on? And this would have been, what, a week or two into the coaching search? Right. One of the things Chuck said to us at the end of that conversation was, you know, you guys, I think he thought we were actually going to talk to Wink Martindale. He's like, you guys would love Wink. He is Bruce Arians. And know full well how much Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay adored Bruce Arians. Um, in Ballard's case, a little bit more from afar. Irsay's case, of course, seen it uphand. Firsthand, I should say, those are the two to me, Jake. Along with a little bit of Aaron Glenn, along with some Raheem Morris, but those two are like when you talk about leader. That's why I think they've made it further here than maybe their names have popped up in other areas. I could see that. I, I think here's the reality, Kevin. And maybe I'm. Maybe it's dangerous of me in this position to say this. I think we can all read tea leaves or scrutinize as to who we think is the clubhouse leader, but I don't know that the Colts know yet who is the clubhouse leader. I think they probably got four or five people, right? If there was a if there was a clear cut if there was a clear cut candidate for the Colts, they would have hired him by now, right? Unless they're waiting on somebody who is still coaching. Yeah, I think the deeper it gets into the week and you don't hear any leaks, doesn't that mean it's Shane Steichen or Eric Bieniemy? That's what it would seem certain, right? I want to play this Chris Bauer clip, and this was a month ago now um, because the search has now gone on for a month. But, Jake, to the point you were making earlier, Chris Ballard's words, and again, I know a lot of fans are pissed off about it, but his words have pretty much turned into action. And don't start with an end in mind, Okay. It's big. You know, a lot of times what happens is you get a vision of what you want before you, I mean, like, you've made your mind up, and then you might ignore somebody that's really freaking good right in front of your face. So we've got a very detailed process put together on the traits and attributes we're looking for in the head coach. Don't care what side of the ball. Um, And then to be patient and take your time and make sure we have a thorough interview with everybody. Consistent, thorough. Um, I don't care if it takes till mid-February to hire the head coach. It's about getting it right. The only thing, and this is, I respect all that. It's kind of scary how much he's followed that plan. Consistent, thorough, mid-February. No wind in sight. The, the the one thing that I think a lot of people feel is the possibility. I think people are starting to wonder if there's the possibility that the Colts actually didn't know what they were looking for and went into it figuring that they didn't know what they were looking for until it finally would pop up in front of them. And that has yet to happen. 
it's hard to believe that's the case, and I feel like kind of an idiot for even presenting that, but it's the longer it goes, does it not feel that way? Yeah, I just think it's I mean, so... at this point, what are they going to learn about a candidate they don't already know? Well, I, I don't necessarily think, Jake, they're going to sit down and do any, if many, if any, more interviews. I think they right. could have just gotten together yesterday and get together again today and say, all right, let's make a decision. Um, and then, you know, we'll see how they internally want to decide and making that public in terms of the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday, if the candidate is in that game. Um, how they want to react to all of that. Um, I think one thing that I wanted to look at as well with the two offensive coaches, because if you look at the final seven names, um, again, we we, we mentioned some of those leader, quote-unquote, guys just a minute ago. Raheem Morris, Wink Martindale, Rich Bisaccia, Aaron Glenn. The two offensive names, Shane Steichen and Brian Callahan. Jake, do you consider it more of a pro that Shane Steichen is calling for him, that he's calling the plays in the Super Bowl, or more of a pro that Brian Callahan is the son of an NFL head coach? Oh, the former. Right? Calling plays in the Super Bowl? Yeah. I mean, I think experience of a guy is far more important than his nepotism, don't you? Yeah, and again, n- nepotism always comes with a negative connotation with it. Well, that his genetics. Yeah, I think experience, Brian Callahan has some of that because he's been around the game for so, so long, and he's seen the good and the bad. Both and- of them, let me say this, Kevin, both of those situations, a guy calling plays in the Super Bowl, a guy whose father has been a, an NFL head coach, both of those things are going to serve the same positive attribute, and that is protect a guy from getting completely lost in the moment or right. overwhelmed in the moment. For him. Correct. I think what you like about Steichen is he feels that game day pressure really to the nth degree. You know, I mean, he's he's the one that's going to get scrutinized. If the Bengals have a bad day offensively, it goes Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, and then it would go to, to Brian Callahan. Their quarterback resume I also think is interesting. Callahan probably has the more decorated one, and again, that's the Peyton Manning. You have Manning... He was a position coach for Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, and then, of course, most recently with Burrow. Yeah, I mean, that's... That speaks for itself. But, Jake, if you look at Steichen, he's probably has a little bit more of the development piece. Now, he had several years with Phillip Rivers. Of course, you didn't need to develop Phillip Rivers at, at that point in his career. But he was the OC for Justin Herbert for a season, and then most recently, of course, has been with Jalen Hurts for the last two years. Considering your desperate need to develop a young quarterback here, would you side more Steichen? Yes, because, because he's got the young quarterback. I, I think with Callahan, you could certainly make the argument. Unfair it may be. How, how many of those guys? Give me the four that Callahan worked with again. Peyton Manning. And how long had Peyton Manning met a quarterback when he got him? I think it was like his first year in Denver. So you know, okay, well over a decade. Okay. Uh, with Matthew Stafford, with Derek Carr, and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was the one that he would have gotten as a young player, right? The rest of them had been right. were on autopilot, right? So how do you look at that? Do you look at, well, he wasn't really part of their development, but what did he maybe learn in watching Stafford, I, now that watching is, Carr, that's watching That's the thing, right? Manning. And how does he apply that? That's what you got to see. I mean, Joe Burrow is obviously an elite-level player, but he's also thrown to elite-level receivers. I, I And all of Callahan's QBs, Jake, I think are a similar style. They're mostly pocket passers. Correct. Pure whereas passers, you, yes. Whereas you look at Steichen, a little bit more variety. Rivers, certainly a pocket passer. I go back to, again, Kevin, I, I, 
I'm the guy that is a bigger believer in the Jimmy and Joes than the X's and O's. You know, I mean. Which that kind of attracts me to Callahan a little bit. And, Raleigh Massimino was a great coach at Villanova and a bad one at Cleveland State. You know? Yeah, players not not plays. By the way, Antonio Gates and Sean Merriman were on The Bachelor last night. Sean Merriman, really? he would do the lights out celebration. Isn't Sean Merriman, isn't he the one that had, didn't he date, uh, what was her name? Tia Tequila? I thought he had some interesting off the field. Yeah, he's had some issues, right? Life, I'm surprised yeah. that they would put him on a show, honestly. Kidding aside, I'm surprised that they would put him in a show like that because didn't he have some no, I looked up pretty there, ugly I like, stuff? Is that Sean Merriman? Gates, I've always heard great things. I've briefly talked to them. i always heard good things about him. Uh, Tim asked this. Do you think Chris Bowd regrets having the opportunity to hire Mike Vrabel and he was too focused on Josh McDaniels? Without question. Think so? That's the end in sight comment. When he says end in sight, that clip that we just played, that is 1,000% it. He walked in there. And he wanted Josh McDaniels. And he interviewed guys just to interview guys and wasn't thorough. I don't, and these are my words um, with a little bit of education in it. And that's why I think a guy like Aaron Glenn, Jake, who you had the dream about the other night. That's right. Which that'll be nice if he gets hired. That'll be a nice little icebreaker. Um, that's why I think he has made it this far in the process because I think his resume, his background, his style, blunt, aggressive, I think it's got some Vrabel vibes to it. Are you hoping that Aaron Glenn gets hired just because I had the dream while I was underneath the um, the wackiness of the vaccine? Oh, yeah, God, I was nervous where you are going with that. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a little, I could totally see, you know. That'd get us off on the right foot, wouldn't it's it? It's being like, yeah, we're going to hold off maybe on, you no, know, maybe you guys can, you know, touch base at training camp. I think they'd, I think they'd find it fun. Yeah, Aaron, I had a dream about you. <laughs> it was a vision. It wasn't a dream, it was a vision. It was a fever dream vision. Gosh. Yes. Now you really sound like Jeff Saturday, you know, in his pitch. I've got a vision. Okay. Significant change. <laughs> Haven't heard much about Jeff Saturday. It seems to. You would think if Jeff Saturday got word that he was not going to be the head coach, wouldn't ESPN look at him this week and be like, oh, he'd be a good person to throw on our uh, telecast this week? Good point. I still think he's in the mix. Boy, I, I do not. But with Jim Mersey, you know. I'm well, telling you. I say you know. You really never know. 